Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Again, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. <clears throat> now the things, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaking. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as is good as did, so many as the stars of the sky and the multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore in number. These all died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity to have return, but now they desire a better country, that is, than heaven. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises of offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thou see be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau concerning things to come. Now, I want to talk to you about this morning, about this man, Abraham. The faith of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham was the only man God ever called friend. Isaiah 41 and verse 8. 
Abraham was not only a man of faith, he was faithful to God. He was a man dedicated to obedience to his God. Therefore, God called Abraham my friend. Turn over to James, just just a little bit further over in the book there in the Bible for just a second. Read verse 23 with me of chapter 2. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now, friendship with God is not based on faith alone but on obedience also. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the Bible when the Bible calls friendship with God. Notice now, get this straight. It's not based on faith alone. It's based also on obedience to God. John 15, verse 14. Jesus said, You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Now, that's not faith alone, but it's obedience also. The Bible has a lot to say about Abraham, this friend of God. His story is told in Genesis 11:26 and on through Genesis 25 in verse 10. He is mentioned in Joshua, 1 Chronicles, Nehemiah, Psalms, Acts, Romans, Galatians, James, and 1 Peter. Abraham's name is mentioned more than 300 times in the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 19, gives five illustrations of Abraham's faith. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed God when he was called to leave his father's house and go out to a place which God promised to show him. Notice the word obey speaks of consent of mind. Uh, Verse 8 again says, By faith he went out, not knowing where they went. Went out speaks of his performance. He obeyed in word and in deed. Verse 9, by faith he arrived there and became a sojourner. Verse 10, by faith he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. Verse 17, by faith he obeyed God when he was put to test concerning Isaac, his only son, the child of promise. So uh, there were Seven steps of true faith in the life of Abraham, father of faith. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God simply says, Get up, get out. Not to a land that I have shown you, but to a land that I will show you. And the promise of blessing followed. If Abraham had not left like God told him to and go where he wanted, the blessings of God had never been there. God first gave commandment, and with the commandment, he made a promise. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, Abraham built an altar unto the Lord. Now, a true friend of God always thanks God for victories in their lives. Amen. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, he lived as a pilgrim in the land. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9. Faith gives conviction and assurance that things promised are ours now. I was reading something this past week. I've been studying the book of Genesis all over again. And I come across uh, the two lineages of Seth and the Canaanites. And did you know that the only mention of death in the, in the, uh, to the people in the book of Genesis is to the Sethites. There's a reason for that. 
uh, it says the, the children of Seth, they lived and they died. But to the Canaanites and the rest of them, don't even mention them dying. And the reason for that is, death to us is greater than life here on this earth. Uh, and the people that's living on the earth, the Canaanites and so on, they're already dead in their sins and trespasses. So why should God mention death to them? They're already dead. And so what I'm saying is, when you go back there and read the book of Genesis, and you understand what God has said, and they died, uh, that's faith. It shows for faith. Uh, I've never seen heaven. I, I, I was trying to witness to a guy one time, and I told him, uh, do you believe, would you trust Christ as your Savior? He said, I don't believe in God. You ever seen God? And I said, no. Uh, he said, I don't believe in Jesus either. You ever seen Jesus? I said, no. Have uh, you ever been to heaven? Anybody you ever know been to heaven and come back? No. No. Well, how do you know there is one? Well, there's several ways I know there is one, but I've, more than anything else, I just trust God. By faith, I trust God. If God says something, I don't, I, it's a strange thing to me that... Uh, in a, in a sense, it's strange to me because since I can go all the way back from a little child, I've never not doubted that this book was God's Word. Not one time. I've always believed that the Bible was God's Word. Now, where that came from, I don't know. But I do know uh, that I know people that every time they look at the Bible, they question it. They question it as the Word of God. I've never questioned the Word of God. I don't understand all of it. And I don't pretend to, because I wish I could. I wish I could understand. I just wish I could understand the Word of God itself. I can't. I can't comprehend in my little finite mind how God was in the beginning. But the Bible said He was. And so therefore, I don't have a problem with that. If God said He was, that's good enough for me. And if God said He created, that's good enough for me. That's faith. And it's not faith of seeing something. Now, he does give us evidence to go by. If you'll notice the first word in chapter, first verse in chapter 11 says, faith is a substance. So faith has substance to it. What does that mean? Well, some men meet a day that we used to wouldn't be there, wouldn't there? Amen. So I know I'm born again. I have evidence of the Holy Spirit in me. I have evidence of ever, ever walking around on the face of earth. I see a little old ant crawling. I see a, uh, a tree growing. I see the sun shining. I, that's evidence of something greater than me. Amen? So that's evidence of God. So faith has evidence. Somebody says, how faith in God? And what they're talking about when they make that kind of statement is, just jump out into the dark and believe. No, God don't ask you to do that. God gives you substance behind your faith. He gives you evidence of it. And, and, and so uh, when Abraham believed God, he had substance of believing God. God made promise to him. He just simply believed it. Now, verse 9 of chapter 11. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacle with Isaac and Jacob, and heirs with him of the same promise. One of the things that I, I don't understand or didn't understand when I first began to read the Bible was why did God's people 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on, always live in tents. The Bible says Abraham wanted the richest man that ever lived. What's he doing living in a tent? He could have had a mansion. He could have had the best place on the face of the earth to live in. And yet he lived and sojourned in a tent. He was always moving. Always moving forward, too. Not going back. He's always going forward. Why, Lord? Because he's not, this is not his home. You don't build a mansion where you're not going to stay. His mansion was in heaven. And, and that's why he lived in tents. He had faith in God. God was moving him forward. He moving him on to heaven. And so uh, the whole thing now, uh, the Christian does not realize how his great hopes here, but looks forward to them in another land that is in heaven. All the Old Testament saints of faith died without receiving the promise. I read David a lot. I study David's life a lot. And David lived a tremendous life on here on this earth. But he didn't receive the promise that God gave him. But now he has. He's in heaven. Now, notice how this pilgrimage works. Pilgrim works. There's no going back. It's always onward. We don't go back. Our journey is straight ahead. We're headed home. Number one. Number two, it is continuous. You can't stop. You can't sit down here. Well, you know what? One of the, the, the worst place that a Christian can get is a place of satisfaction. A place that I got it made. A place that I got everything that I need and want. When you get there, you're in danger of backsliding and getting away from God. Because you don't give him the thanks that you ought to, but the things you got, you just sit down and relax. No, we're to be constantly doing the Lord's work going forward in some way or another. And I've always said this, and I mean it with all my heart. If God blesses me something, I'm going to use it to further getting home to heaven. I want to, I want to be moving forward all the time with anything that God gives me. I don't care what it is. Now, it is also, it's rapid. You compare the work we must do to the time is short. Did you know the Bible has a lot to say about working the Lord now? Because you only got a little space of time. Our time is short. And we're to be busy. We must have instructed, uh, God must have instructed Adam and Eve and their sons on how to approach Him and for this reason, the first two words of verse 4 are by faith. The only Bible way of getting faith is given to us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I've heard so much controversy on, on Cain and Abel. And why did Cain bring the works of his hand and Abel brought a lamb? and slain him. And God had respect to one and didn't have respect to the other. Them boys didn't know any better. You don't find any place in there in that particular portion of Scripture where God told them exactly what to do and exactly what not to do. But you got to remember something. 
everything that's written in this Bible has to do with one thing. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. How to get to Him and how He's the Savior. If he wrote everything in the world that had to do with everything in the world, there's not a book, enough paper and ink to write it down. So he condensed it all down into this page. And as you read the Bible, you've got to read between the lines, so to speak, to understand the principles of God. So if you you got these two boys, and one of them brings the right offering that God has respect to, Cain doesn't, the other boy doesn't, rebels against and you say how did he rebel against okay then you got to go to Romans chapter 10 verse 17 and find out where faith come from faith come by hearing amen now wait a minute them two boys heard then they worshipped they had in their heart a desire to worship so they had to hear from somebody and so it had to come from Adam and Eve it had to come from their daddy and mama. And so they taught them the right to worship or they wouldn't be worshiping. And both of them worshiped. But one did it right, one did it wrong. So what's the, what's the problem with Cain and Abel? One had faith that God said, do you do this and I'll do it. The other one said, I'm not going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do in my own works. And so he brought his own instead of what God told him to do. And God had no respect to him for what? Why did God not have respect to his offering? Because it didn't come by faith. It come by works. And that's contrary to God. And so, and when you understand that Cain and Abel and their offerings, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12 says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according as a man hath, and not according that he hath not. Now here's, here's the point. Why do we give ourselves, give our substance, give everything that we got to serve the Lord. I know a lot of people, and I've seen this happen so many times, people that jump up in church with a pastor or somebody who needs something, and people jump, I'll give a thousand dollars, I'll give this, and they're making a show of themselves rather than giving out of the heart. God said, I don't have any respect to that. Well, now, wait a minute. It's the same thing when it comes to an offering of any kind. Let's do it again. 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if there be first a willing mind, God doesn't want anything from you that you're not willing to give. If, if, it's, if, you're, if you're giving something, say, I wish, it's sort of like, a, I, I tell it as a, or not tell it at all, but I'll tell you anyway. I, 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 one day, some men was taking up an offering. I had a $1 bill in one pocket, and I had a $20 bill in the other pocket. Now, I already tied, all right? My tie goes in first, but this is offering. And I, I reached in my pocket, and I got out the $20 bill, and I put it in the offering. And I looked down, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There goes my 20 I meant to give a one. <laughs> now, do you think God had blessed that? I don't think so. I looked back, and I saw, I said, you dummy, better leave it alone. Amen. And I'm serious that I've been in my life about that. We 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 live like that sometimes that we give of ourselves and it's not because we want to. Now let me give you something. Let's bring that down to being God's friend. Being a friend of God is obeying God willingly. You don't have to be whipped and 
banged around, shoved around to get to serve the Lord. You want to. That's a friend of God. You simply want to. In Galatians 5, verse 6, faith which worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. Why do I do anything for the Lord? Because I love Him. That proves my faith. Amen. Now, Abel brought his best, the first length of his flocks. The offering was slain. Leviticus 17, verse 11, for it is in the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. So, when you think about these two boys and you think about their offering, you have to understand where they learned it from, and they learned it from their daddy and mama, and by faith cometh to hear it, and the Bible tells you exactly what God will receive and what He won't receive. And so one was in rebellion to the direct will of God, and the other come in submissive to the will of God. Now, the superiority of Abel's sacrifice was shown by God's testimony to Abel's character. Notice the second half of verse 4 now. Verse 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And then the last part, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, that is, his gift, he being dead, yet speaketh. Now, one, that he was righteous. That's God's testimony to his gift. Two, the manner of his offering. God testifying of his gift. No fire from heaven mentioned here. It must have been that inward peace with God that the Holy Spirit gives. Number three, the superior Abel's sacrifice was shown the continuing influence of Abel's life. <clears throat> the last part of verse four, by it he being yet dead speaking. And so by reason of Abel's faith, his life is a permanent power to speak to us. If I want to know what kind of faith to have, I've got to go all the way back to Abel. And I find out that Abel speaketh to me. Now, by faith, Abel offered to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, that's uh, when the true spirit of worship exists, man will offer his best to God. Abel offered of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now, when we worship God in spirit and in truth, we will gladly present unto him our best thoughts, our best affections, our best service, and our best possessions. Verse 5, the character and translation of Enoch. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Is it something how God arranges his word sometimes? I want you to watch this. Right after Abel, who was killed by man, or a murderer, comes Enoch, who never saw death. He was translated into heaven. First of all, the character of Enoch's life upon earth. The last part of verse 5, before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, the blessing here is, it is possible for man to please God then. Somebody says, well, I don't know if I'm pleased. I don't know how I got the ability I can never please God no matter what I do. Yes, it is, because the Bible says it is possible to please God. Think about that. It is one thing to worship God as Abel did. 
it's another thing to walk day by day with God as he did at 300 years. Two cannot walk together except they be agreed, the Bible says. Enoch agreed with God and walked with God in a time when other men ignored God. And then lastly, please, in verse 5 again, the faith of Abel testifies to the beginning of eternal life. Now verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. He was not found because God had translated him before his translation as his testimony that it pleased God. One of the reasons that I know that there's life after death because Enoch was translated and he still lives. And the one thing I know I have eternal life, I have the same faith that Enoch had in the saving faith in God. Therefore, if Enoch has eternal life in him, he shall not see death, the Bible says, neither will I then, because I have faith in God. And so when you start studying these characters, Every one of them represents some part of our salvation. You've got to remember something, that when you're reading the Bible, you're reading about Jesus. And everything in the Bible has some way or another leading people to Jesus Christ in eternal life. And so don't just read it as a story. Don't just read it as something happened. Read it as, what do I see about the Lord in this? And as you begin to see the Lord on every page of the Bible, then there's something about it that has to do with me and you. And every time I read it, I get excited about it. And I'm learning more every day now uh, just to look for something that God will bless me through. I want to be blessed in reading the Bible. And God's talking to me. Amen? And He'll talk to you. Heavenly Father, Blessing the coming hour now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.